And you know, we've been talking about how we as believers um, need to know what to do when things come against us. We need to be growing and maturing all the time in the things of God. And it's not, if not, we saw that we're susceptible to fall for the things that we shouldn't fall for. We're susceptible to getting caught in the headlights, as we said. The enemy throws an issue situation or an issue at us and we panic, we get blinded by, by the headlights because we're, we're caught in the headlights, we're panicking, we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say, we don't know where to go. And that's not how it should be. And this led us to look at Ephesians chapter six, where Paul tells us about the armor of God. And we talked about how God is so faithful that he gave us a complete set of armor. He gave us a complete set of armor that will not only enable us, but it will also equip us to stand firm against the tactics of the enemy that comes our way, okay? And as Paul explains the armor of God, he explains it like the, the Roman soldier used to wear in the day. He, wear, he um, compares it, if I say it right, to the armor worn by the soldier in that day. And we've been looking at it piece by piece. And as I said, today we're looking at the sword of the spirit. Now this is very interesting, guys, right? This is actually very interesting. In the natural, the Roman soldier's soldier, the, the, the Roman soldier's sword was his only offensive weapon. That was his only offensive weapon. Think about it. All the other pieces of armor that we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks, <laughs> all those other pieces have been defensive weapons, haven't they? They've been defensive weapons. They defend, they protect. Like the belt, remember, it holds things together. The breastplate protects the vital organs. The shield protects the body and protects against the fiery darts. The shoes cover the feet so that the soldier can stand firm and, and walk if he needs to walk. And then the helmet protects the head. So all these pieces defend and all these pieces protect. But the sword is different. Wow, the sword is different. Now, there is a certain amount of defense with a sword, of course, okay? The Roman soldier could defend with a sword to a certain extent. Yes, he could defend, absolutely. But the main reason that he had a sword was to attack, to be on the offensive. And in our spiritual battles, there is no doubt that we need defense. Of course we do. We need truth and righteousness. We need peace. We need faith. We need salvation. Absolutely. All of these things defend us spiritually. All of these things help us spiritually, right? But Paul is looking at the Roman soldier and he's thinking, just like this guy, believers also need the means to attack. We also need the means to be on the offensive, mm -hmm. which is true, yes? Yeah. And if you look at the word offensive in the dictionary, it means actively aggressive, are attacking, actively aggressive are attacking. So Paul, inspired by God, realizes that we as believers need to have the means to attack. We need to have the means to be actively aggressive. We need to have the means to attack, okay? So when the enemy comes against you, or when he comes against your family, or when he comes against your home, you not only have to be able to defend yourself, but you also have to be actively aggressive. And you also have to be able to attack. God bless you. Paul looks at the Roman soldier's sword and he sees, yes, it can defend. But he's also aware that the soldier has to attack the enemy. 
The soldier cannot just stand there and just wait for the enemy just to disappear, to obliviate, amen? amen? But he has to be able to fight back. Okay, so this is why Paul tells us in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 6 that we are to take the sword of the Spirit. But he goes on further than that. He tells us to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Wow. So if we are to take the sword of the Spirit, that means that we're to take the Word of God. Yeah. Right? But in order to take the Word of God, there are three things I believe that you need to know. Number one, the Word of God is inspired by God. Yes? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, God has transmitted his very substance into every skip scripture, for it is God-breathed. Did you get that? God has transmitted his very substance into every scripture, for it is God-breathed. And in turn, it will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. This book, church, came from God himself. Amen? It came from God himself. Every scripture in here is God-breathed. Are you getting this? Every scripture in here is God-breathed. When you hold your Bible, you should hug it because it's God-breathed. Amen? When you hold your Bible, you're holding something that God himself has transmitted his very substance into, the verse told us. It's his very breath. Amen? And when you get this word of God down deep inside you, you can rest. You can rest then because you know if you have this down deep inside you, well, then you have the very breath of God deep inside you, his very substance. Amen. This is of God. Amen. And it will empower you. It will instruct you. It will correct you. It will give you strength. It will mature you. It will prepare you. And it will arm you. Amen. This is not a fairy tale, guys. This is not some light reading just to pass the time when you're by the pool on your holidays, amen? This is not just information. This is God's very own breath, amen? That just blows my mind when I think about that. Okay, so the word of God is inspired by God. The second thing we need to know is the word of God is life, it's life. Amen. And John chapter 6 and verse 63, Jesus is speaking here and he says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. When Jesus was here on earth, he was teaching the people and he said to them, this he said to them that I speak to you, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So he's saying to them, these words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Jesus was speaking life. Jesus was speaking life to those people back then. Jesus is speaking life to us now. Amen. Through this God-inspired book, the word of God, it's life. Amen. Comes life. Amen. So the word of God is inspired by God. The word of God is life. And the third thing you need to know is the word of God is effective. Okay, the word of God, like I say, it's inspired, it's life. But when we get that down deep inside of us, when we realize that this is inspired by God, this book is life, well, then it becomes effective in our lives, okay? Yeah. Becomes effective. Everybody say effective. Effective in our lives. Look at what Paul tells the church 
of Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because you received the word of God which you heard from us. Listen to this. You welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works for you who believe. Right, listen to me. Paul is thanking God here. He's saying, wow, we taught these guys this stuff and they, they received it, but they didn't receive it as just as words from us. They received it as words from God himself, amen? And he's commending them. But look what he says, which also effectively works in you who believe which also effectively works in you who believe. Amen? He's saying, he's saying to them that if you believe in this, it will effectively work in your life. The word of God is effective, church. The word of God works. Okay? So we need to grab hold of this word and we need to say, this is mine. You know, look at Get a, I, I'm not, I totally, because my phone is everywhere with me, so I always have the Bible with me. But get a physical Bible as well, amen? You need a physical Bible, okay? Get a physical Bible and grab hold of it and say, this word of God is mine, amen? It's inspired by God, it's mine, and it's life to me. Yes, this book was written a long time ago. Yes, it was. But it's still alive for me today. There's still life in it for me today. That's the way your mindset should be, amen? It's not just a history book. People will tell you it's just a history book, but it's not just a history book. It's not a book where we learn about what God did for people back then, amen? No, it's a life book for us today. It's actually, in actual fact, it's a life manual for us today. It's an effective life manual and it works, amen? The word of God works. This book is accurate for us today. It brings life. And life, God, God's word brings life to dead things, amen? Okay, so it's inspired by God, it's life, and it's effective. So if we know all that, then how do we use the word of God as our sword? How do we use the word of God as our offensive weapon? Well, the first thing you need to do, are you ready for this? You need to accept God's word as your final authority, okay? Psalms 119 verse 128 says, Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. So it's basically saying that I'm taking the word of God and I am accepting this as my final authority. This is going to be, you have to make a decision, church. You have to decide, when I read the word of God, am I accepting this or not? Am I accepting this as my final authority? It has to be your final authority on everything. Your final authority on your marriage, your final authority with your family, your final authority on your health, your final authority on your money, your final authority on your friendships, your final authority when you're dealing with people. It has to be your final authority on everything, amen? On everything. You have to be at a place where, you know, and we're going to talk more about this in a little bit, but... You have to be at a place where you're saying, okay, I, I read this, I believe it, it's my final authority, and if I hear something that's not in it, well, then I'm not going to believe it, okay? I'm not going to work with it. It's ob obviously false, okay? So first thing, accept God's word as your final authority. The next thing is simple, read it, <laughs> amen? Sometimes we can be guilty of treating the word of God as a decoration, amen? An ornament, Something, because ladies, 
We like nice things at home, don't we? And what looks nicer on a coffee table than a lovely Bible? Amen. <laughs> I remember we got a Bible for a wedding present. And it was this beautiful big Bible, big one. But I was afraid to touch it because the pages were so delicate and flimsy and all. It was lovely. But I'm like, I don't want to mess it. I was afraid I'd mess it. Amen. That's not what God wants. Amen. God tells us, read it, read it, read it. <laughs> Amen. And you know, God wants us, he doesn't want it to be an ornament. He doesn't want it to be looking lovely on your coffee table or making you, when somebody comes to visit, you know, you look all lovely and intelligent and learned because you have a couple of Bibles on the bookshelf. That's not how it's meant to be, amen? We need to read it, read it, read it. You know, I heard a story lately about um, a little old woman on her deathbed, poor. She was poor. She had nothing. And the man of God came to see her. And when he came to see her, he was chatting to her and he was looking around the little dingy little room and he spotted this picture in a frame. So he got up and he took it down and he said to her, oh, what's this? She said, I don't know, I can't read, she said. But what had happened was in her earlier part of her life, she had worked for a very wealthy lady in a huge house, okay? And she had been really well looked after. She had been well fed. She had a nice place to live. And she was really in awe of this lady. But anyway, the lady of the house passed away. And she said to him, I can't read it, she said, but it's, I know it's important, I know it's valuable, and it's really important to me because the lady of the house gave it to me after she died. She had left it to me after she died. So she said, I put it in a frame because it's so important and it's so special to me, and I put it on the wall to keep it safe. And when he looked at it, he asked her if he could borrow it for a while. And she said, oh, of course, but bring it back. Be careful with it. It's really special, really important to me. When he went away and checked it out, it was as he had suspected. It was actually the lady of the house's last will and testament. She had left everything to her maid. She had left everything to this woman. But this woman didn't realize what it was because she couldn't read. Amen. She couldn't read. So she didn't realize what it was. And she was living in this dingy little house, now sick and on her deathbed with the last will and testament as a decoration on the wall. Yes. Our word is not to be a decoration in our house, amen? It's not to be a decoration in our house. The Bible is not just for decoration. It's something that we need to read and something we need to use. And church, don't be afraid of it. When you go to open it and read it, ask God to help you. Yeah. I promise you, he will help you, amen? He will. Why wouldn't he? It's his God-inspired word. So if you go to him and say, Lord, I don't understand it. Show me what you're saying. Don't you think he's going, he's not going to say, no, I'm not going to show you. Why should I show you? Why should I tell you? No, he's not. He's going to say, yes, yes, let me show you what's in there. Amen. Get it inside of you. Make deposits into yourself. Because every time you read the Bible, you're depositing faith into yourself. You're depositing word in. What's the use of having a bank card if you've no money in your bank account? Your bank card is useless. You may as well throw it away. Amen. Your bank card is only useful if there's money been deposited into your account. So it's the same with the word of God. You need to deposit it inside of you. Okay. So we need to make the word of God our final authority. We need to read it. Third thing you need to do is meditate on it. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1 says, blessed, blessed, don't you love that? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Careful who you spend your time with, amen? Because he says, blessed in verse 2, but those who delight, blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. What happens to that person? Well, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do 
prosperous. I want that. Amen. I want that. Person that meditates on the word is blessed. Person who meditates on the word prospers. Amen. So you need to read it. You need to think about it. You need to meditate on it. Chew on it a little bit. Amen. Muse on it. Mutter it. Mutter it. If you look like a crazy person, that's okay. Mutter it over and over. Amen. Think about it. That's how you meditate. Maybe take a chapter. Don't be, don't be um, overawed with it all. Just take a chapter and read it over and over and get it inside of you. Amen. I know um, because when you meditate on the word, it goes from your head into your heart. It goes from here to here. And this is where we want it. Amen. This is where we want it. I remember when Rebecca was young, she went through, I know some of you may know this, she went through a, a very fearful season in her life. She was full of anxiety, very anxious, very fearful, worried all the time. And this broke her mama's heart. You, can, you know, <laughs> what is it? You're only as happy as your least happy child. You know, my little baby was struggling. So what do we do? We decided to take Psalms 91, which is the psalm that is all about God's pr um, promises of protection on our lives. So we used to read it every night with her before she went to sleep. She'd go down, she'd hop into bed, and she'd go, are we ready for Psalms 91? <laughs> we'd go down and we'd read it. And we read it to her before she went to sleep. And eventually then we were able to step back and she used to read it herself before she went to sleep. That girl can quote Psalms 91 now. It went from her head into her heart. Guys, it went from her head to her heart. You should have seen the change in that child. Am I telling a lie? No, I'm not. She was a changed girl after that. The word of God works. Amen. You got to get it from your head to your heart. Amen. And you know, um, when you get the word of God into your heart, it changes your life. It really, really does. And when you get the word into your heart, you can be out somewhere. And you know what? You may not have your physical Bible with you because we don't expect you to carry your physical Bible everywhere. God doesn't do that. But if you, it doesn't matter because you have it in here. So even though you don't have your physical Bible, it's okay. Enemy throws something at you. It's okay. I got it in here. Amen. And you're able to fight back. You're able to fight back because it's on the inside of you. Okay. And the fourth thing we need to do is really simple sit under it. You're doing that today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ. Amen. Yeah. You see, you get a fresh perspective, church. When you, you get fresh insight when you sit and listen to the word being taught. You know, that's why God gave us teachers of the word. Because when we go and we sit under a teacher ministering the word, we hear things maybe in a different way. You get a totally different understanding of that scripture than you did before. And it helps us to grow and it helps us to become strong. Praise God. God is good, isn't he? Okay, so we need to take the word as our final authority. We need to read it. We need to meditate on it. And we need to sit under it. Because church, there is a solution and an answer in the word for everything. Every problem you face, there's something in there to help you. Amen? Yeah. You know, when you're confronted with an issue or a problem or when, you know, if you have read the word and if you have meditated on it, God will quicken a scripture to you. He'll quicken a scripture to you that will suit you in that time, that will meet you where you're at personally. The word of God is your attack piece. That's your attack piece of your spiritual armor. You know, a golfer has all his, his golf bits, I should know what they are, but anyway, they all have a name and they all have a reason, amen? Well, the sword of the spirit, the word of God is your offensive weapon, amen? So when you go to your, uh, your armor or your quiver, 
you take out the word of God and that's your offensive weapon. You know, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the enemy, what did he do? Did he say, go away, devil? Or did he go, la, 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 la? No, he didn't. He didn't. He said, it is written. And he quoted scripture, amen. It is written. And he quoted that scripture. He said, it is written. He used the sword. Jesus used the sword, the sword, amen, that sharp two-edged sword that we hear about in Revelations. He used the sword. He used the word against the enemy, amen. And what happened? Enemy left him. He left him. If you have read the word, if you have meditated on it, when you're under attack or your family is under attack, the word of God will just spit out of your mouth. It will, I promise, it will spit out of your mouth, amen. So don't be afraid to speak God's word because that's like a sword. Get it into your mouth, amen. It will set you free. You know, I just I heard this, you know, something really sad. You could own a thousand copies of the word of God. You could have a thousand Bibles in your home but not have a sword. That's sad, isn't it? His word, God's word is his chosen weapon for you. It's all you need, church, amen? But you have to know it, and it has to be your final authority on everything. It works, amen? When Jesus sent the apostles out, they returned back with excitement at what had happened. Luke chapter 10 and verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. You see, even the demons flee at the sound of Jesus' name. The enemy couldn't defeat the word of God when the word of God was deployed, amen? He couldn't defeat it. He couldn't defeat it back then. He can't defeat it now, amen? The enemy is no match for the word of God. Amen. So stop taking blow after blow. Stop allowing the enemy his way in your life and in your family. Amen. Use your sword. Amen. Use your sword. Psalms 43 and verse 45 and verse 3, sorry, says, strap your sword to your side, warrior. You're a warrior, whether you know it or not. If you're a believer in God, then you're a warrior and you need to have your sword strapped to your side. So is your sword strapped on this morning? Are you carrying your sword? You know, a soldier in the natural would always have his sword on his side at the ready, ready to go in an instant. Is your sword ready to go? Are you using your sword? Or is your sword at home on the shelf gathering dust? I know. You know what, if that's the case this morning, that's okay. This is your time. You need to go home and dust it off, amen? Go home and get the duster out and dust it off, amen? Read it, meditate on it, use it. Speak it over yourself. Speak it over your family, amen? And watch God quicken the words to you and he'll quicken the scriptures to you. The word of God is our weapon. The word of God is our offensive weapon. Amen. In Ephesians, we're instructed to put on this armor, which implies, just as we close, that implies that we don't automatically wear it all the time. Amen. It says, put on this armor. We have to choose to put it on. Putting on the armor of God requires a decision on our part. You know, we can't be like Iron Man. You know, we have to put on the armor. We can't be just like in midair and expect the armor to land on us. You know, like he's, he's falling out the window and he's going, deploy, deploy. That can't be the way it is, amen. Now, if you're in that situation, do say deploy, deploy, because God will help you, amen. amen. But the best thing to do is have the suit already on. Have the armor already on, amen. We need to be wearing our armor. We need to put it on. Paul is very insistent about that. We need to fasten on that belt. Amen. We need to put on that breastplate, put on the shoes, put on the helmet. We need to hold up that shield and then we need to take the sword. Amen. 